love Zach's story. In fact, I love every single story where God does an amazing work of grace in people's lives, where there are things that are literally holding us back that somehow we find the grace, the ability to finally say goodbye (laughs) to those things, let them go. And then we hold on to Christ. We take hold of that, as the Bible says, for which Christ took hold of us. And that life, you guys, is a life of union with God. Like we can literally experience a union with God when Jesus gets a hold of our life and we hold on to him. It's, it's just what we were created for. It's fantastic. So we're going to do a series um, called Hold Fast. Hold Fast to that life that you can have in union with God. And so when I was thinking about holding fast and I realized the weather's beautiful now, right? It's in the 80s, it's warm, summer recreation can be here. And I'm from Michigan and I love, I love it here in Utah. The scenery around here is killer. But back in Michigan, they say you can't go five miles without hitting a lake. So there are lakes everywhere. People have uh, cabins on lakes everywhere. And when you live in Michigan in the summer on a lake, you tube. And when I think of holding fast, man, I think of tubing. And usually it's fun. I mean, people are kind of flipping you around and you try to hang on, but it's, it's, it's just a blast. But when I uh, was back in Detroit, actually we were starting Kensington Church, the church that planted K2. Uh, I was 25 years old and I actually had a chance to be, uh, to coach high school football. And the head coach of the varsity team invited all the other coaches out to his place, lived on a lake. And we got on this boat and then we went tubing. Well, let me just tell you, when you're hanging out with a bunch of football coaches, there's a lot of ego going on. And man, I'll never forget laying on that tube, grabbing as hold, holding fast as hard as I could. And this guy just looks at me with this little grin on his face and says, hold on. And man, he just guns it. But rip your arms right out of your sockets. And then he's whipping you back and forth on both sides. And then he'd stop, right? And your, your tube would turn and it'd slow down. And then he'd whip it. I mean, oh my gosh, there's no way you could hold on. It took so much strength to be able to do that. Now you guys, when we talk about holding fast to the faith in God, to walking in union with him. We need to talk about this because it is hard. Life whips us back and forth. We're in it right now. And, and, I, and honestly, to be honest with you, in case you didn't know, but we actually were doing this message on a Sunday morning. We had tons of technical difficulties. Uh, so many things happened that we had got put in three different messages. So now I'm putting it together So I've actually already given this message on Sunday. And I want to tell you, man, Monday morning when I got up, I realized how much I need this message. You guys, I I don't care. Anybody who's trying to stay in union with God is going to need this message. And and sometimes it's not because life is hard and it's whipping you all over the place. Sometimes it's because it's so good. And there's these pulls, these things that are pulling you away from union of God because they're so good. And man, it takes a lot of strength to hold on. 
Now we sing the song, this worship song, right? Your grace is enough. Well, grace is a free gift from God, really to empower you to do what you can't do. We need strength to hold on. Listen to this. I love this prayer. Ephesians chapter four. This might be our prayer just to start off our day. It says, for this reason, I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches, that out of God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power. That's grace. Through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ will dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established, both images of strength, that you may have power. Here it is again. We're going to receive power. We receive grace together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp, to hold on to how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you could be filled to all the measure of the fullness of God. That you could walk in union with God. You're going to need him to strengthen you with power. You're going to need his grace. You're going to need power to grasp the love of God. Then he says this, now to him, to God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power at work within us. See, it's God's grace, his work in us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations forever and ever. Amen. Your grace is enough. God is always working. And he's apparently, he's working in us to strengthen us, to hold fast to him. But what's interesting is, then why, then why are so many people struggling to hold fast to Jesus and to stay in the race? Well, Philippians 2.13 says, it is God who, it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. God's always wanting you and me to experience his good purpose. But the verse right before it, and this is our series that we're starting, says this, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you. See, guys, God's grace is always working in us to give us strength and power. But when he works it in, we actually have to work it out. And so we're going to be looking at the book of Hebrews, specifically just chapter 12. We're going to spend eight weeks in chapter 12 of Hebrews. Now, the book of Hebrews was written to a bunch of people who were not holding fast. Okay, they, people were abandoning the faith. They, the, the life was too hard. There was a lot of suffering going on. It was too hard. They were letting go. So the writer of this book was saying, you guys hold on. And what he was saying was hold on to the hope. He says this many times. He literally uses this term, hold firmly, hold fast to the hope that you have in the gospel. You guys way back, I think the second message or third message after COVID-19 hit, we talked about hope and it was an acronym. And here's what we need to hold on to in hope. H is that you are an heir. 
You guys, when you become, if you have faith, if you're, if you're in union with God, it's because you are an heir, you're his child. But then the O says, what do we hold on to, this gospel? That Jesus Christ died for us once for all. That's the O, once for all. Jesus died for all of our sin. He's taken care of all of our past and all of our failures, failures, all of our letting goes. And we put our hope in that. It secures us when we can't be faithful. And then the P is presence. The other hope that the gospel gives us is that God doesn't just forgive us. He actually fills us with his spirit. Just what those verses we're talking about. That he works in us through his spirit to strengthen you in your inner being. So Christ will dwell in your hearts. He's there with you. He has presence and we put our hope in that. That's the good news. And then E is eternity. That it's not just, we know that this is not the end of our existence. We have hope absolute security we're going to be with him someday so hebrews the whole book is saying helping us to see you have this hope as an heir once for all with his presence for eternity and then in chapter 12 because you have this he goes okay so god's done all this work he's working in you he's working in you he's accomplished the work now here's your workout instructions chapter 12 and that's where we're going to go all right How do you work out what God has worked in the salvation that you possess? Well, today we're just going to look at one verse. I'm going to unpack one verse with you. And here's what it is. Hebrews chapter 12, verse one. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. This is a great image, you guys. The, the whole imagery that the writer's using here, another writer, Paul, in the Bible uses this imagery a lot. It's of the ancient games, the precursor to the Olympics, the thing we were supposed to have this summer, but will be moved to 2021. But he's, imagine that, picture that. And he's saying, it's a race, you guys. This, this union with God, because that's, and I, I just want to say, he says, we need to run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Well, what's this race that he's talking about? I believe with all my heart, the scripture tells us all the way through this, it's the race of union with God. It's your life. As soon as you receive Christ, you were made one with him. And now the race is stay in union with him. Hold fast to that. And so it's the race really of faith because that's what actually keeps us in step with God. When we trust him, when we believe in him, we stay in sync with him. We put our absolute trust, again, in what Jesus Christ has done for us. And we never waver from the finished work of Christ for us on the cross. But we hold fast to that. But we also put our absolute trust, not in just what Christ has done, but in what he's doing. (laughs) He's working in you right now. And so we put our faith in him. We trust in him. And that keeps us in union with him. And the race is marked out for you. So it's not you just kind of doing what you want to do, figuring it all out. No, it's actually marked out for you because Jesus said, I am the way. See, if you're going to run the race of staying in union with God, the whole measure of the fullness of God in your life, okay? Then Jesus says, I am the way. 
That's the way. That's the race. So it's marked out for you. That's why K2, our mission statement is literally to say we want to invite and equip everyone to live out the adventure of following Jesus. Of this, because when you follow him, you stay in union with him. And that's the race. And, it, and it's crazy. And then it says, you got to run that race with perseverance. Now, when I think about perseverance, right, it helps that it's a race because a race actually means there's a finish line. You're just not out, again, running aimlessly. Your life has a purpose, it has a direction, and it has a finish. And it's, it's way easier to run with perseverance and to go through all the difficulties in life when you know that you're going to hit a finish line. But let's just be honest. And that's what I think, the, that's why I love the Bible. The Bible's so honest. If you need perseverance, that means it's not a sprint. It's long. And it's hard. You only need to be encouraged to persevere if you're going to be tempted to quit. And there's not one person who has ever begun this race with Jesus, who hasn't been tempted to quit. Even Jesus was tempted to quit. And so in that, that means it's going to be long. You're going to, at times, in your soul, feel tired. You're going to feel weary. You're going to feel fear. You're going to have doubts. You're going to feel weak. You're going to be discouraged. And so the writer is saying, listen, Hold fast to this union with God. Run the race that's marked out with you, but you're going to have to do it with perseverance. Well, what helps us? What encourages us to keep persevering? I love the first part of this verse said what? Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Oh man. Again, remember, he's using the imagery of the ancient games of the Olympics. And a runner running and the crowd is screaming. <laughs> Just a great cloud of witnesses. You guys, if you've, if you've been, I've been, I, you know, if you know me at all, I love sports. Man, you go into a packed arena or into a stadium. A few years ago, friends invited us to go with them to the jazz playoff game. And I've been to NBA games and they're fun. They're, they're, they're fun. I enjoy them. But we were late. Susie and I were late. And so we run in to the arena and we get in there and there's nobody in the halls. The halls are completely empty. And so we're running. We got our little white shirt that everybody was supposed to wear and we're booking up and it's totally silent. And then all of a sudden you hear this and we're like, and then it's quiet and then it's quiet, man. We open up the doors. There's not a seat empty, man. It is packed and Every time, every time the Jazz did anything right or the opponent did something wrong, this crowd just screamed. Come on, man. The energy in that room was off the charts. You know, it's interesting right now, the NFL is trying to decide if they do start the season in the fall, will they play games with no fans? Wow, I... Now, they're professionals, and I know they'll be able to do it, but I can tell you this. It will be 
a completely different experience to play without a packed arena of fans. Now, I don't, my guess would be you don't think about this very much when you're struggling with your faith. And I'll be honest with you, either do I. That's why we need to read the Bible and find out what's true. Here's what's true. We have a cloud of witnesses. A cloud, a crowd of witnesses who are cheering us on in the heavenly realms. And they aren't just fans either. Every one of these people who are cheering for us, they are witnesses to us. They're people who've run the same race we're running and they won it. Hebrews 11, the chapter before this is called the hall of faith sometimes because it just goes through this list of people who had union with God through faith. And man, and it just says the struggles they went through, the hardships that they went through. Some of the times it ended up being great and other times it didn't, but all of them hung in there. And so this is really key because the truth is they're not necessarily just witnessing our race. It's not a great cloud of witnesses going, all right, good luck down there, guys. No, they're witnesses to the faithfulness of God. They're people who went before us. They ran the race of faith. They ran the race of union with God. And they're telling us, we did it. You can do it. Yes, it was hard, but we put our hope in the gospel We put our hope in eternity. We put our hope in seeing God and we held on. And it's amazing that the truth is right now, you and I who are in this race trying to stay in union with God, we have a cloud of witnesses in this spiritual arena that we can look to and they cheer us on. Abraham, Moses, Samson, David, Samuel, this goes on. And then it says, and the prophets, okay? Well, let me tell you what one prophet who's a witness to this says to us. It's Isaiah, and he's one of the cloud, the witnesses. In Isaiah 40, 28, it says this. Here's what he says to us who are running this race. Do you not know and have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? He will not grow weary He will not grow tired or weary and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord, those who have hope in the once for all sacrifice of Christ, in his presence with you right now, and in eternity, when you hope in the Lord, it says, you will renew their strength. And then I love this. They will soar on wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary, and they will walk and not be faint. Here's the deal, you guys. We're in a race, and it's hard. And there will always be things pulling us away. And so we need to do with perseverance. But here the Bible says, the scriptures tell us, Isaiah, one of the cloud of witnesses, tells us, if you put your hope in the Lord, in the gospel, in the finished work of Christ, in his presence, and in eternity, put your hope in that. You can fly. 
You know, it's so funny when I think about sports again, because that's this imagery, the equipment that's out there, the attire that's out there. Um, when Susan and I got married 20 years ago, we, we bought these bikes, you know, just to ride together and stuff. And I still will ride around my neighborhood sugar house with that bike. And, um, but man, I gotta be honest with you. It's, it's, it's kind of hard <laughs> at times to ride it. And then about six, seven years ago, a buddy got me into road biking. Have you guys ever lifted a road bike? I mean, you can, you can just like two little fingers. They are so light. And I'll never forget, man, I hopped on that bike and I could fly. I think of swimmers, right? The attire, basically nothing so that they can fly. My son, Caleb, this year ran track and and before the season started, you know, his first meet, which he only had one because of COVID. (laughs) But I remember him telling me, dad, I don't want to, I don't want to wear those shorts. They're so skimpy. And I think it's hilarious because they are. Why? Because you want to fly. You want to run as fast as you can. Now, I should have told Caleb about these ancient games because if you know anything about them, they actually ran naked. <laughs> they got rid of literally everything so they could fly. So here's what I want to tell you. And here's what this passage is telling you. Sometimes you have to say goodbye so you can fly. Zach had to say goodbye to insecurity. He had to say goodbye to all the things that insecurity led him into that were stealing and robbing his life. Sometimes you gotta say goodbye to fly. And this is hard. It's hard. I don't know, it's so crazy. But it's hard to say goodbye. Years ago, I read a book by Max Lucado and he said in that book that one of the most common words in the Christian language is goodbye. And I I just know for me, um, I had two um, long-term relationships before I ever met Susie and both of those relationships ended and it was super hard. My heart literally was deeply in love and yet these paths were just going in different directions and so at some point I had to say goodbye and it was super, super hard. You know, when we moved from Detroit to start K2 17 years ago, I mean, people had to leave their families, leave their children, leave their business that they started, started it and owned it for 27 years. And then they said goodbye to those things. I remember we came out here and this is kind of funny to me, but my brother, after we planted K2, he just said, Dave, how's it feel now that you've came out here and started this thing? And I actually told him, I said, you know what, Mark? It feels like I've sprouted wings. Here's what I know. It is hard to say goodbye. But when you do, so that you can stay in union with God and run the race of faith and stay with him, every time you make that hard decision to say goodbye, there's freedom on the other side. So there's two things very practically, okay, that every one of us, you, me, and this is what I went through on Monday, I sat with these very things and asked God to help me with them. There's two things that we need to say goodbye to. The first one are hindrances. Hindrances. The verse simply says, you have to throw off everything that hinders. Now, the next thing is sin. So if there's things that hinder us and then there's sin, then these hindrances aren't sin, 
So in and of themselves, they aren't necessarily bad things. But they can hinder us from actually running the race of faith. In other words, I think they can become so meaningful to us, things that we have to have in our life, that then when God maybe asks you to do something, you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do that, and you won't do it. You won't stay in union with God. And some of you right now, you know, you're not experiencing this whole measure of the fullness of God. Well, it could be because you have some stuff in your life that you need to say goodbye to that aren't even necessarily bad things. You know, the word here is actually bulk. It's throw off the weight. And it's so funny when I, have you ever seen the body image of long distance runners? Oh my Lord. They are like rails. Why? I mean, all those guys who win these marathons, holy smokes, they're so skinny. They've gotten rid of every weight because they want to run and win the race. And so you got to say goodbye. If you really want to fly, if you really want to soar on wings like eagles in your life and in your union with God. So, What are some of these hindrances? And again, they're hard because they're not sin. They're not inherently wrong. Let me just give you a few. I thought of my own life and for many of us. In this COVID-19, many of us have discovered that busyness is actually a hindrance to staying in union with God. And and, and, And usually we're busy, not with bad things, but with good things. Life is so packed. But our life gets so packed that when there's an opportunity to do something for God, many of the times we just have to say, man, just, I just don't have time. My schedule is just too packed. Well, if you don't have time to say yes to God, to actually stay in union with him, which is your race, then you may find there might be some things in your life that you have to throw off and say goodbye to. Because they're all consuming to you. You know, uh, for me, living in America, probably you too, comfort and ease. I don't think there's anything wrong with being comfortable. But man, sometimes we so want that life, the comfortable life, the easy life, that then when when God asks us because his race, wow, if we're going to be in union with God, he's like, well, I actually laid down my life for others. The essence of my being is to serve others, to sacrifice, to put other people's interests above yourself, to give yourself away. (laughs) Well, man, like, I don't know if I want to do that. That doesn't feel good. And so some of the comforts of your life or the commitments to ease, you may have to say goodbye to them. Here's a weird one for me, but I think it's true for many people. Recreation or sports specifically for me. Because they can take time. And I'll be honest with you, I've, I've learned this about myself, even during this COVID-19 thing. If I'm not having fun, and, and, and so much of that is recreation, it's sport. If I'm not doing that, it's actually not good for my soul. It actually does breathe life into me. But that good thing in my past at times has become too important. And the next thing you know, it's stealing my time and my devotion, and I am struggling to keep lean in my devotion to Jesus because I've given so much of my energy and my time to recreation or sports. Approval and acceptance of others, 
something wrong with people approving or accepting you, but many of us, man, we won't follow the race because we need people to like us. You know, this is a very interesting one that Jesus actually addresses more than anything else. He says a hindrance for many people to actually follow him, to be in the race of union with God is our family. Now, come on. Is there anything more important than the family? Like your wife, like, I mean, you're, you're in union. There you go. You're, I'm also in union with Susie or with your spouse. You're supposed to be one. My children, come on. My job is to care for them, protect them, train them up. But over and over, when Jesus is saying and calling people to run the race with him, one of the biggest reasons that people give a no to staying in union with Christ or to follow him is my family. And I want to tell you, man, there may be a time like, like Susie and I both had to, we had to say goodbye to our family to move here. And so I don't know what yours is, but I do know this, you're human. And the scripture just says, listen, there's a race. Anybody who gets in faith with God, as soon as you do, the gun goes off, you're given a uniform and you start this race. And it's going to be hard and long and you're going to have to persevere. But I'm telling you, if you have weights on you, it's really hard to run. And actually, you would look kind of funny out there in the Olympics with a bunch of extra added weight. So what's hindering you? You got to say goodbye. I'm just praying that God might help you know, hey, This is the thing that you actually love more than me. This is what gets your devotion. It gets your time. It gets your energy. It's not a bad thing. It's just gotten in the wrong place. Throw it away. Throw it off. Because union with me is greater than anything in this world. All right? So that's the first thing you have to say goodbye to. Here's the second thing the scripture says. You have to say goodbye to sin. Say goodbye to sin. Let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles. And it's interesting, right? Because now it's entangling us. It's not just weighing us down and making it hard to run the race. It's actually tripping us up and we're falling. And sin really is anything that violates our devotion to God, to love him with all of our heart and to love others. That's what, that's what Jesus said. This is all the law. Everything God's asking us to do is to love him with all of your heart and to love others. And that devotion to do that, if when, whenever anything ends up not being a loving thing to God or a loving thing to another person, he goes, that's sin. So, and why do we say goodbye? Why would we say goodbye to sin? Because this is, sometimes I think we can just go, oh man, the Bible's just full of don't do that and don't do this. But no, the reason we want to say goodbye To sin is because sin is always just something that either hurts the people around us or it hurts us. It's just what's not right or what's not good. So God says, throw it off because you can experience the whole measure of the fullness of God. When you stay in union with him, that's your race. Now, and if you're running with weights and entangled, (laughs) there's gonna be some pain. And he's saying, you don't have to do that. I just want to quickly say there are three categories of sin that you need to say goodbye to. Um, We could just say sin, but I just want to help you a little bit to actually put this into practice. There's past sin, there's present sin, and there's people's sin that you got to throw off. 
past sin. Some of you right now today, you can't run. You're not running free. You're not full of peace and joy. You're not experiencing the wholeness of God, whole measure of the fullness of God. The union with God is struggling, but it's because of something you did years ago. You have past decisions and past mistakes that are still entangle you up. And I'm telling you, it is time to say goodbye to your past sin so you can fly. Philippians 3, 13 and 14 says, this one thing I do, Paul says, one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal. See this? I press on, I persevere to win the prize. Here it is, the imagery again, for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So how, how can I forget that thing I did though, that stupid thing that hurt somebody else or that damaged that relationship or, or ruined my own life? If you're, here's what I want to tell you. If you're entangled in a past sin, you're believing a lie. You're believing a lie. Again, we hold fast, this whole book of Hebrews says, to the hope of the gospel. And here's what's true. You've got to hold on to this. Throw off your past sin. How? Because Jesus Christ died once for all of your sin. He already paid the punishment. He has already forgiven you. You are, if you put your faith in Jesus, that's a critical because you have to actually put your faith in Christ and receive his forgiveness. If you have, he's forgiven you. And so 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. He is just because he punished your sin in Christ. He will not punish it twice. That would be unjust. Man, if you're still stuck in your past, you're believing a lie from the enemy that you're not forgiven. Jesus died once for all. That's a huge part of the hope of the gospel. So get rid of the past sin, throw it away. And maybe that's what you need to do today. Maybe you need to just take some time and again, go to Jesus and just literally hand it to him. Some people write it on a piece of paper and then they burn it so they can watch it go away. You need to give that to him and just leave it, okay? Throw it away. Second one, not just past sins, but present sins. And this is, my guess would be a lot of you know what those are. You know right now, is that something you did? Something you're, doing. Colossians 3, 5 and 8 says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature. Put to death. That's pretty strong. That's even stronger than throw it off, saying goodbye. No, kill it. Put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, any sexual behavior outside of sin, outside of marriage, impurity, lust, evil desires, greed, which is idolatry, because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in those ways when you weren't running the race of union with God in the life you once lived, but now you're running the race of union with God. So you must get rid of, rid yourself. There it is, throw it off, say goodbye to all of these such things as anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. You guys, here we go. 
you can throw those off, but you got, and I, here's what I do know. If you're living in sin, if you're doing any of those things, or there's many more that just are not ways of God, God's working in you. The Holy Spirit inside you will have nothing to do with those things. And you feel that. You feel the angst. You feel it's a struggle. So how do you put it to death? Throw it off. How do you say goodbye again? Confess to God and agree with him. And I'm telling you, sometimes you got to confess it to somebody else. The way you throw it off is you tell somebody, this is my sin and the power of it disintegrates. And then you repent. So you were living this way. Like he said, you once lived this way, but now you get rid of it and you turn towards God. You say goodbye and you go in the other direction. And then you pursue along with others. The Bible says pursue with others this union with God. Walk by faith. Do what he's asking you to do. Go after it. Man, you could have the peace, the love, the joy, the strength, the wisdom, the whole measure of the fullness of God. That's your race. It's a race of faith. It's the race to stay in union with God. But sin, God can't be a part of. So throw it off. Say goodbye to it. It's destroying your relationship with God and surely hurting those around you. All right? And then the last one, past sin, present sin, and people sin. People sin. Sometimes people, the reason we're entangled is because people have really hurt us. And, um, and those pains and those, those things are real. But sometimes those people's sins against us have turned into our sin because we won't forgive them. And the craziest thing is when we can't forgive another person, we're the ones who actually end up in this prison of bitterness and anger. And it entangles us. And we can't be free. Colossians 3.13 says, Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So stop. What is this saying? How do you, how do you throw off the sin that somebody has done to you. The only way, guys, I know to do that is what this says. You got to forgive as the Lord forgave you. So maybe just take some time and, and get away and just remember all of the sin that you have committed in your life. And just remember, God has forgiven you all of that. And then you compare it to this thing that the person did to you. And then that is strength, that's grace to be able to forgive them. Man, if there's unforgiveness in your heart, it will trip you up from being able to run. So, throw it off. I love in the scriptures at one point, Paul says, you were running a good race. You were running a good race. Here's what I want to tell you. This race is marked out for you. Because it's Jesus. He is the way. The race is faith because it's union with Jesus. That's eternal life. That's experiencing the fullness, the whole measure of the fullness of God. It's going to take perseverance because it's long and it's hard. You've got a cloud of witnesses spurring you on. You can do this. So say goodbye. So say goodbye so you can fly. Say goodbye to the hindrances. Say goodbye to the sin that's entangling you so you can experience 
hold fast to this beautiful union with God. And I'm just going to tell you, Monday morning after I gave this message back on Sunday, I got up early and sat with the sun rising and just did this this own exercise for myself because I realized, man, I personally need to list the hindrances and the sin, anything, anything. I don't want anything keeping me from union with God. Take some time and do that with him, all right? Now, God bless you guys. And what a great psalm. We're gonna give you some time right now to think about those hindrances and those sins and the fact that say goodbye to them, say goodbye to them, say goodbye so you can fly.